Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commission. Super Bowl 57 is a lock. It is a lock. It is between the National Football Conference champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, squaring up against the American Football Conference champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Both teams have been in the Super Bowl within the last six years. This should be exciting. This should be a game that you don't want to miss, although the commission is speaking with egg on his face, maybe two eggs on his face, because I predicted two teams to go to the Super Bowl that are not there. I predicted the 49ers to go, they're not there. I predicted the Cincinnati Bengals to go, they're not there. And why aren't they there? Not to make up excuses, but as they say out there in the streets, it is what it is. San Fran played with their fourth quarterback. How amazing is that? It came down to the final game of the season for the San Francisco 49ers to go with their fourth quarterback in Josh Johnson. Shout out to him. Who knew that he would actually be taking snaps in a game, the most pivotal game of the season, the most prestigious game of the season next to the Super Bowl being the NFC Championship. This guy takes about five snaps and gets concussed. Brock Purdy, unfortunately, for that brother, tears his UCL, I believe it is, that they just found out days after the injury. So I think it's fair to say that the San Francisco 49ers is snake-bitten. Now, are they snake-bitten because they're a glorified, over-glorified team that does well in the regular season but can't do well in the postseason? Is that type of glorification? Or if it's more so the fact that for what Shanahan has done and has tried to do with this team, it just won't work. But it's not because of Shanahan. I firmly believe for what Kyle Shanahan has done with this team, he's taken them to a, a height where any other team other than Philly, they're going to the Super Bowl. Even with Josh Johnson. If they're playing the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to the Super Bowl. If they're playing against the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to the Super Bowl. If they're playing against the New York Football Giants, they're going to the Super Bowl. That's how confident I am. If they're playing in Seattle, they're going to the it, The San Francisco 49ers are supposed to be in the Super Bowl. They had Trey Lance, somebody they traded up to get. Person that they traded away stock for, first round stock. Trade up to get Trey Lance. He breaks his foot, whatever the case may be. They keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G, they keep him in the event that a Trey Lance goes down. They got their star quarterback right there, chilling on ice. He goes down. You can't make this up. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the last man picked in the draft last year, goes in there, plays undefeated, still undefeated. He goes down. You can't make this up. It doesn't make a difference what quarterback you put out there. It is just not the 49ers' time to go to the Super Bowl. 
I'm sorry, Debo Samuel. I'm sorry, Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry, Brandon Ayuk. I'm sorry, George Kittle. I'm sorry, Trent Williams. I'm sorry for you guys because you guys are pro bowlers on the offensive side of the ball that understand the meaning of perseverance, determination, willpower. This is <laughs> this was your moment. And it's not to take away from anybody else on that 49er team. It's just the mere fact that when we're talking about the 49ers and where they should be at this point, they are snake bit. I don't know how else to call it. It just doesn't make sense, the things that we've seen the 49ers do to this point to get to this point of having one of the best teams in the NFL and still come up short. They got annihilated against the Philadelphia Eagles. Annihilated. They were embarrassed. They were humiliated against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and, and this is not a knock on Philly at all. I figured if there was a team that could beat the 49ers, it'd be the Eagles. Because for what we saw of the Eagles and how well they played this past season, they had the pieces in place to do so. They had the defense, the top-rated defense, to play against the Eagles. But they ran the ball down their throat. I think the defense alone committed multiple penalties. I mean, I, I don't, I can't count how many. If they had ten penalties, the defense committed eight of them. They were not disciplined enough to play against this ferocious Philadelphia Eagles offense. So I commend the Eagles, which may only be once or twice in history that I'm going to do because I, because they're in my division, I can't stand them. But I got to call it as I see it. Jalen Hurst is and should be the MVP of the NFL. Why this man may not be the MVP? We're splitting hairs. He didn't play the full season. He was hurt. He only he missed two or three games of the season. That's far he should he should not be MVP. He, he shouldn't. For everything you expected him to do this season, he went out there and did it. The man is 15 and 1 when he starts the season. 15 and 1. And of course, that one loss came by my beloved Washington Commanders. Shout out to them. I feel proud of saying that. But if that's the only hiccup we're talking about regarding Jalen Hurst then that should be the only hiccup because everything else was to perfection. Everything else was on point. Everything else used what you expected from him. Second round pick out of Oklahoma. This is what you expected out of your star quarterback. You chose him because you weren't confident in Carson Wentz and he delivered. And now he's taking this team to the Super Bowl. Of course, with the help of coach Nick Sirianni, I think a lot of people, including the commission, really thought that this guy was some type of joke, somebody fresh from comic relief, someone that might have done night in the improv or wherever he might have been, whatever comedy place he might have been at. This is what we thought of Nick Sirianni, because nothing made sense to us. The way he came out and spoke to us in his first, his primary um, press conference was like, you got to be kidding. This is the clown that's going to take this team to the Super Bowl? Yes. This is the clown that is going to take the Philadelphia Eagles in three seasons to the Super Bowl. 
Bravo. Bravo. Jeff Lurie, CEO, chairman, owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Bravo. Kyrie Roseman, GM of the Philadelphia Eagles. Bravo. This may be the only time you may get any type of compliment from this commission. I just don't can't stand. Not that I don't can't. It's not like I can't stand Philly. I just can't stand the Eagles. Can't stand the Philadelphia Phillies because I love the Mets. You see what I'm getting at? I can't stand the Philadelphia 76ers because I love the Boston Celtics. So this is nothing personal. When I'm talking about Philly, this is all about business. I have teams that are well represented within the same divisions of these other teams. And so there's some type of animosity that comes from my voice when I'm sitting here trying to talk about how well played and how well coached and how well structured and constructed the Philadelphia Eagles were this past season. I ranted on about how the Philadelphia Eagle offense and offensive line is the best thing out there in the NFL. They do have the best offensive line. Jason Kelsey will retire after this season, I have to believe, because of the grind that comes with being a center in the NFL. It's no easy mix. It's it's nothing simple. When you're playing against guys, 300, 350-pound dudes slapping at you, trying to knock you over, trying to get to that quarterback. I can see this being his last game. But for that offense and for what they put together at this point, I like what I see in Philadelphia long-term. I do. Jalen Hurst is an MVP in this league. If, if he doesn't get it this season, shame on everybody that voted him out. I know what Patrick Mahomes is capable of doing, but did anybody in their mind, outside of the people in the brotherly love city of Philadelphia, feel as though the Eagles were going to go to the Super Bowl this year? Please, if, you, if anybody could tell me that, best believe, I'd say you're lying. Because the biggest question mark was, can Jalen Hurst throw in the pocket? Can this man stay in the pocket and be able to connect with the receivers? The answer to that, emphatically, was a yes. He did exactly that. He was able to throw in the pocket. Outside of that, this man rushed for 15 touchdowns. 15 touchdowns a season. Setting records. You have an MVP player in Jalen Hurts. And I have to believe moving forward, he will be complimented as an MVP quarterback. It would be only right. It'd be fair if you voted him in as MVP this past season. Not to take away from what Patrick Mahomes has done. He had an MVP season himself. But the difference between what was expected from Jalen Hurts and what was expected from Patrick Mahomes, two different narratives. Because we have seen what Patrick Mahomes is capable of. This man is getting paid nearly a billion dollars to be a part of that organization for life because they know they have an MVP star caliber player in Patrick Mahomes. We know what he's capable of doing. We've seen it all before. He did it again this season. But did anybody 
expect Jalen Hurts to do what he did this season. It's only right. It's only fair. I don't want to hear the, uh, but he, uh, but he didn't. Uh, I don't want to hear that if we're talking about Jalen Hurts. And I'm only standing firm and tall because of what he's done this season. You can't take that away as a fan. And because I talk about football so much, and because I talk about professional football more than anything else, and because I talk about these players, it's only right. It's only justified to be able to anoint a man like Jalen Hurts as most valuable player in the 2022-2023 NFL season. So says the commission. I want to talk briefly about the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, that team should have won against the Kansas City Chiefs. Should have won. Eh, you know, that's only the commish talking out the side of his neck. And then it's a large part because I can't accept the fact that the game was theirs to win. And they still lost. Yeah, Joe Burrow didn't play his best game. This was probably one of the games he really stunk up the field with. But it wasn't all his doing, right? He was missing his tackles. He was missing his starting guard. He was missing some guys. So, yeah. Maybe this was to be expected. Maybe there's a reason why they went from being the favorite in this game to being the underdog that fast in this game. But still, when you look at what Cincinnati has done to this point, very similar, highly similar to what San Fran has done to this point. When a slew of games came into the playoffs hot, couldn't be stopped. It took them all the way to the American Football Conference game against Kansas City. They're in Kansas City again. If it was in Cincinnati, do you think this would be a different narrative? Do you think that Kansas City would just ran rough shot over these guys you think they would just knock them over like like bowling pins I, I i don't see that coming from kansas city thus i can't see how kansas city to this point could be so ecstatic of what they've done knowing a lot of it's been a struggle this, this team won by three points and it came down to a late hit penalty that got them to win it wasn't like mahomes was out there lighting up the field yeah he played on one leg isn't that what he's supposed to do? You get hurt, you go out there, you scrap. Brock Hurdy played with one arm. Unfortunately enough, he played with his hurting arm. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, the fact that he played on one leg is to be expected for an MVP, right? Jordan played with the flu. <laughs> I mean, at what point are we going to sit there and say, well, you know what? Patrick Mahomes had an outstanding game. Yeah, he had an outstanding game, but only one by three. And he played a great game to manage his team to win, which is what I've been saying forever. I'm not going to keep repeating myself. Patrick Mahomes did play a good game, great game. It's just the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals beat themselves. And that's what I can't honor. I can't honor a team that beat themselves at this stage of the season. This is the final stage going to the Super Bowl. This is where the bus stops before you take that long flight to Arizona. And you realize that this is the moment that you can't take back because we don't know how long it will be before Cincinnati ends up in this position again. We're all hopeful, optimistic. We see what Joe Burrow can do. But guess what? We saw what Trevor Lawrence can do. 
We've seen what Josh Allen can do. And I guess to a degree, we saw what Justin Herbert can do. The competition is thick. There's no guarantee that Joe Burrow and this team is going to go back to the AFC Championship. There's no guarantee they'll go back to the Super Bowl, which is why they had to take care of this. They had to take care of business Sunday night, and they didn't. They didn't. Okay, is everybody pissed? Of course. Zach Taylor pissed? Of course. Everybody on that team should be pissed. They just lost to the favored Kansas City Chiefs, a game they know they probably could have won. You do it again next year, right? Well, I mean, I think we can put Jacksonville in that mix now. We can put the Chargers in that mix. Gold, Chargers, gold. We can put them in the mix. There's so many changes in the AFC. There's no guarantee that if we're talking about the AFC Championship next year, that we're talking about a different team up against what could be the Kansas City Chiefs. Because right now, they look for real. Andy Reid, shout out to this man. I told you guys. He is one of the best coaches in NFL history. He's taken two teams to championship games. Two teams. He's been in championship games ten times, if I'm correct. Five with Kansas City, five with Philadelphia. This man is amazing. He is a coaching genius. And you can't overlook that, and you can't you can't ignore that. We can't sit back and think that this is it for Andy Reid, because Andy Reid has guys that listen to his every word, and whether they agree or disagree doesn't matter, because now he has he has his main man, his second in command, and Patrick Mahomes to manage this team, to make these guys believe that we can do. And for what they did Sunday night in Arrowhead was to be expected. They knew they had a challenge in front of them. They knew what was in store. But Patrick Mahomes still found a way, found a way to manage his team, to throw when necessary, to make the completion. When the, I don't even think he threw an interception. If he did, it might have just been one. I mean, this is how well he played on one leg, mind. Perhaps it was meant to be. Perhaps it's just the fact that Patrick Holmes is just that good. So says the commission. You're listening to the Kneel Down podcast. Of course, I am the commission, as I said. Super Bowl 57 is set. Super Bowl 57 in Arizona is set. This will be the first Super Bowl, which we will see two starting black quarterbacks. I'm proud of that. I won't I won't spend a lot of time digesting that, but I am proud to see that after a hundred years of being the business, the organization that it is, the NFL, we can finally see two starting black quarterbacks in the NFL. But now we know for sure one of them will win which will bring the number up to possibly four black quarterbacks to win the championship. You know, I, whether we want to sit back and, and, and talk more about this in detail, whether we want to spend time harping on the fact that we have black quarterbacks in the NFL, you go right ahead. 
I don't think I'm going to sit back and watch a game and try to pinpoint the fact that these quarterbacks are black. I just want to see how these offenses execute against some of the better defenses in the league. I'm capable of sitting back, watching a game, and not say two words about any team. Because I understand that what they are capable of doing, they will do that Sunday night. No predictions right now. This is this is the episode before the final episode for the NFL. So I'm going to save that episode for another day. But it does a heart good to know that when you're looking at the starting quarterbacks, just how far we've come. The last time we saw an NFL quarterback win MVP was Patrick Mahomes roughly three years ago. But look at who won the first MVP quarterback that just happened to be African-American, Doug Williams. You can see how long it's been. So it's something to be proud of, right? Going into the month of Black History Month, we can sit back and be happy of the fact that we can see two black quarterbacks go at it. But this has a little bit more to do with the pride of the fans to see their team come this far and to see that either quarterback who could be MVP this year battle it out for the championship. I hope everybody gets a chance to enjoy that game. I'll give my predictions next week. So says the commission. Much to talk about regarding football, but I'm not going to go into all that. This episode, there's nothing more that I can say outside of the fact that the commission was wrong last week. Disturbed by that, but you know, I'll get over it. I thought the better teams would have won. But when you're on your fourth quarterback, and when you make mistakes and the better team takes advantage of those mistakes, it is inevitable that that team will win. The team that makes the most mistake usually loses, usually. The team that's on their fourth quarterback usually loses, be it a postseason game, regular season game, or preseason game. It's just what it is, it's in the cards. Enjoy this break in football. Enjoy what is the NFL All-Star Weekend. <laughs> Trying to say that with a straight face. I know that's going to be garbage. But, you know, in the spirit of football, the NFL, make the best of it. We get a little break before we see the Super Bowl. I'll talk more about it then. You've been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am the Commission. Thank you guys again for listening to my show. It means that much to me. I will end it as I normally do around this time of my shows by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe, get vaccinated, and I'm out.